SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, let's get straight into it. Uh, another jam-packed show for you on a Friday night. It's busy, sporty weekend in store. I'm Brad Brown. Thank you so much for joining us this evening here on SAFM Sports Wrap. And thank you to the MoneyWeb team as well. They're back again on Monday evening. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll touch base with Springbok captain Jean de Villiers, who is making an incredible comeback from injury after what was close to being a career-ending injury on the end-of-year tour last year in Wales. He will be playing rugby again next month. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal return. And we'll also uh, find out and hopefully get to the bottom of uh, the Bloom Celtic uh, Kaiser Chiefs Sabaldin Abroad uh, dispute. We'll find out a little bit more about that as well. And then we'll also preview tomorrow's Super Rugby semi final action. In football news, uh, in transfer news, Peter Cech of Chelsea will undergo a medical at Arsenal today after the clubs agree to a fee for the keeper, while AC Milan midfielder Nigel de Jong has signed a new deal that will keep him at the club for another three years. Sharks announced today that uh, Springbok loosehead prop Kuni Wistazen will be joining them from the Cheetahs on a four-year deal. Wistazen, who's been capped 21 times for the box, officially joined the franchise uh, in November for pre-season training ahead of the 2016 Super Rugby Tournament. And England's Andy Murray has been handed a pretty tough draw for this year's Wimbledon. Britain's number one was drawn in the opposite side of the draw to world number one, Novak Djokovic, but it's uh, the same quarter, same quarter as Rafael Nadal and also the same half as Roger Federer. What that does mean is uh, if he is to win the Wimbledon title, he's going to have to beat Nadal, Federer and Djokovic in that order. And so uh, you'll also have to overcome Joe Wilfried Tsonga. South Africa's Kevin Anderson could come up against Novak Djokovic in a 16, the last 16 match. In the ladies' draw, five-time champion Serena Williams in 2004 and Maria Sharapova were drawn to meet in the semi-finals. We'll hear from Nick Dye about what's happening on European Tour Golf in just a moment as well. In cricket news, Sri Lanka in control against Pakistan and Colombo on day two. They bowled Pakistan out for 138 yesterday. Today they managed to reach 304 for the loss of nine at Stumps. That's a lead of 166 with uh, one, second, uh, one first innings wicket still in hand. And in MotoGP news, Valentino Rossi claimed his first pole position of the year at Assen. Uh, he'll start ahead of Alexis Spagro and Marc Marquez. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we chat to Springbok captain Jean de Villiers. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. And uh, the big news out of South African rugby circles this week was uh, the news that South African Springbok captain Jean de Villiers uh, looks like he's going to be back in action as early as next month. Uh, massive, massive injury towards the end of last year on that uh, European tour uh, in Wales. And uh, it looked like he was going to be touch and go for the World Cup. But uh, a couple of months ahead of schedule is uh, the return. And it's an absolute pleasure to welcome him onto the show today. Jean, welcome uh, onto SAFM Sports Wrap. Thanks for your time this evening. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's always great to be on the show. Jean, it was, uh, I mean, that injury, uh, as far as uh, rugby injuries go, it's one of the risks that you, you take taking to the field every game, but it was a, a sickening injury and, and uh, could have been a, a career ending. I know there was a lot of talk uh, around when it did happen that uh, you could could be out for a long, long time. Are, are you pretty surprised at how quickly you're coming back? It has been a long break, but uh, ahead of schedule. Yeah, look, it's, um, I must say when it, when it happened, uh, obviously you, you fear the worst. Um, you know, at that stage, I probably, I was probably hoping just to be able to, uh, to walk again and, and, and play with my kids and that type of thing. And, 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 and certainly didn't think initially, 
um, you know, that I would get back onto a rugby field. Um, but uh, that sort of thought process, and, and I made a, a mind shift quite quickly after that, um, and, uh, you know, started focusing on, on getting back onto the field and, and hopefully ending my career on my own terms. So, um, yeah, a couple of weeks away of, of playing again, and, and it's been it's been an amazing journey. Uh, you, know, you learn so much through through the difficult times, and, and certainly I've I've enjoyed the uh, you know the sort of uh, battles that I've had over the last couple of months. John, looking looking at uh, making that comeback, uh, there was talk that you could possibly be be on the field as soon as the the 11th of July against that World 15 at, at Newlands. How excited are you to 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 have the prospect of playing rugby once again? Yeah, look, it's uh, you know that's that's uh, that's what I enjoy. Uh, I think it's one of the uh, the things that that sort of um, uh, uh, forced me or, or sort of uh, got me through these difficult times was the joy of of playing rugby. You know, because I enjoy it so much, it really pushed me to work harder and um, and do my utmost to get back onto the field. So. Um, that's something then that, that uh, once it's gone, once you you hang up your boots, there's no turning back. Uh, you know, when you get to to 40 or that, there's no 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 coming back and playing rugby again. So you want to make the most of it while you are still playing, and um, you know, hopefully, I can I can still do that. Obviously, uh, everyone's been interested with with how your progress has gone while while you've been on that that rehab program. You work closely with the uh, uh, the Bach medical team with uh, Dr. Craig Roberts. Talk talk us through a bit of of what you've had to go through in order to get to where you are right now. Yeah, look, I've been I've been very fortunate in that all the people that's that's been involved in my rehabilitation they've they've been fantastic. They've been um, so positive about uh, the rehab and 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 everything that goes with it. So from from the surgeon, Dr. Spike Erasmus, that, that did the op to, uh, you know, the two people that I worked with uh, the most was Renee Naylor, our physio, um, at the Springboks, and, and then um, Stefan Toy, who's uh, our fitness trainer at, at the Stormers. And the two of them basically did uh, 90% of my rehabilitation. They they really um, put in extra effort to, to make time for me and the uh, and I really appreciated that, and, and just everybody involved, you know, Dr. Roberts, Dr. Suter, um, you know, other Neil Duplessis up in Pretoria, Karen Gibbs up in Pretoria. There's been so many people, but um, you know, it's been fantastic, and, uh, and each one of them just played a massive role in, in, in getting to where I am now. You mentioned doing a bit of work uh, from the fitness side of things with uh, with the Stormers. Obviously, sitting on the sidelines this year must have been extremely frustrating, particularly with with what's happened from a South African perspective uh, in in Super Rugby. What what's your take? I mean, no 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 South African team in the semi-finals. The, the Stormers making it to the playoffs. Uh, a disappointing year as far as South African rugby goes in in Super Rugby. Yeah, look from a, from a personal point of view, it's never nice sitting on the side and and watching games. You want to be on the field playing. Um, but you know, even though even though the the general feeling is a little bit negative towards Super Rugby and the performances of our teams, you know, I'm very positive uh, from from what I from what I saw. Um, you know, there's a lot of youngsters that came through, put up their hands. Um, you know, and, and and yes, we don't have teams in the in the in the semi-finals and final, but um, that gives the Springbok team the opportunity to get a full squad together. Um, you know, from the from the very first day that they get together, so. It helps in that in that sense, um, and I think you always need to see the positives out of out of these things. So um, I'm I'm still very positive and and optimistic for for the Springbok team and and what they what's lying ahead for them this year, and I'm and I'm very sure that um, 
it will be a very successful campaign, rugby championship and World Cup. John, you're, you're spot on with regards to, to maybe not, not the greatest year from a team perspective, but there were lots of, of fantastic individual performances and, and a lot of, like you say, youngsters who really put their hands up this year uh, and, and are knocking on the door for, for national team selection. Have, have you been excited by, by what you've seen from the depth of talent coming through uh, the ranks and, and, and are, are filtering through to, to, to high level? Yeah, you know, it, it always surprises me once you think that you've got a, a, you know, one position that you might not have enough depth and then suddenly Super Rugby starts, two or three youngsters comes through in that position and they, they sort of show that they're good enough to play at the highest level. So uh, this year was no different. Uh, there were plenty of guys that um, played in their first uh, Super Rugby campaigns this year and, and really played well. Um, and, you know, that only makes the Springbok team stronger. So... Um, if you can get that balance between the experience and the youth right, uh, you know, then then I think the the team will perform well. So um, it's always good to see, and 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 I, and I suppose we need to thank our schools in South Africa for that. I think the fact that we've got such good rugby schools, um, you know, they uh, they get good coaching at a very young age, and by the time they go, they get out of school, they get senior contracts, and um, you know, they're ready to take the next step to take up and and, and super rugby level. John, some of the other news this week was uh, someone you've worked closely with for, for many, many years, Alistair Katsia, packing things up at, at the Stormers. Obviously, that announcement was made at the beginning of the season, but uh, the farewells were all done this week. Alistair's been a, a fantastic servant of, of not just uh, Western Province and Stormers rugby, but of South African rugby in general, and he's going to be, be sorely missed. Yeah, look, uh, I've, worked, I've worked with Alistair now over 10 years, 10, 11 years. We've worked together um, since starting together in 2004 with the Springboks. Um, and we've become good friends over the years, you know, so it's, it's been a, a very good working relationship, but also friendship off the field, and uh, uh, we've had some good uh, rounds of golf, uh, obviously on the golf course, and, you know, he's just a fantastic person, so he will be missed, um, but it's also for him and his family, you know, time to move on and, and, and make decisions that will, uh, you know, also help in the long term. So he's been a, he's been a great servant of the game, not only as a coach, but as a player, down in the Eastern Cape, uh, uh, you know, and then as, as a coach as well. So a true rugby man and, and, and definitely someone that will be missed in, uh, in South African rugby. John, two, two days ago we were also celebrating the 20th anniversary of that uh, famous victory in 1995, and, and I've been asking everyone where they were on that day. Where were you back in 95 for that final? Yeah, look, I still can't believe it's 20 years ago already, I think... Uh, all of us that witnessed that game still know exactly where we were and uh, and and basically what we had to eat and everything. You know, so um, I was I was at home watching it with uh, in Paul watching it with with my friend, um, and um, and uh, you know after the game when we won, I can just remember the joy, the excitement, running around in Paul in the street with a flag and everybody, you know, rooting and absolute chaos, sort of. Uh, Carnival atmosphere, just a very, very uh, happy day and uh, an unbelievable day if you look back in the history of South Africa and what it actually meant for the country. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and yeah, hard to believe it is, is 20 years. But uh, another big one coming up towards the end of this year, the uh, 2015 Rugby World Cup. And I spoke to Joel Stransky uh, on Wednesday and, and he was saying how wonderful it would be to celebrate that 20 anniversary with another victory. Yeah, look... Uh, we um, we saw the effect that it had in '95 on on the country, and um, and I don't think you'll you'll ever get the same in in, in sporting terms where where uh, a sporting event can can galvanise a, a country and just 
bring people together like that. But um, but certainly I feel, you know, as a country, we, uh, you know, we need a bit of positive news as well. We need we, we need new heroes. We need um, we need South Africa to get back on the map from a from a positivity point of view. And, and I think no no better than than doing it through sport. We've seen what rugby can do in the past, and um, no better time than now for for the Springbok team to go and, and bring that that trophy back home. So uh, you know, we're a funny country if we if we get behind a team or get behind something and everyone stands together and, and pulls in the same direction, you know, then we can achieve anything. That that's how great this country is, and hopefully we can do that this year and and have a very successful campaign. Couldn't agree with you more. Springbok captain Jean de Villiers, thank you so much for your time on SAFM Sports Wrap. Much appreciated. And uh, yeah, best of luck with uh, the final final bit of, of rehab in the build up to this World uh, 15 clash. And let's hope that uh, you, you go from strength to strength in the build up to this year's World Cup. Thank you very much. And I, and I really do appreciate all the support that I've, uh, that I've had over the last couple of months. SAFM Sports Wrap. Super Rugby semi-final weekend this weekend and the action gets underway early tomorrow morning. The Hurricanes up against the Brumbies, uh, that followed by the Waratahs up against the Highlanders. Craig Ray joining us now. Craig, welcome back onto SAFM Sports Trap. And then there were four, and I hate to say it, but you were right about the Stormers last week. Yeah, well, I mean, that, you look at that Brumbies backline, you saw what they did against the Stormers. It was men against boys in many ways, and uh, the Brumbies were very good. Their forces did the job, they're rolling more, their breakdown work, the, the Stormers lineup fell apart, so the Brumbies will take a lot of heart from that. But, of course, they've got some problems going into to tomorrow's game. They don't have uh, Wing Henry Space, who's been suspended for five weeks. They've got the travel factor to deal with, having gone from Cape Town all the way to Wellington, which is a hell of a long way. And uh, they're up against the best team in the competition. So, uh, you know, it really is stacked against the Brumbies to, uh, tomorrow. But their form has been superb. And um, if they can score some tries from lineups, they scored 36 tries from lineups uh, this year, Brad, if you can believe that number. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's an amazing number. It's, it's almost double anyone else. So they really are excellent in the lineups attacking department. And um, funnily enough, the Hurricanes, for all their, their great numbers, and they do have some wonderful numbers, they're the side that actually plays with the ball least. So the opponents have more possession than them. And the Brumbies are one side that could actually benefit from possession in the right areas of the field. They don't they don't like to play a lot of rugby in their own half. Um, they get out of it and they back their line out to put pressure on their opposition. Um, and the Hurricanes also don't, funnily enough, play a lot of rugby in their own half as well. So it will be quite a cagey tactical affair. Should be interesting. Westpac Stadium, 9.35 is kickoff in that one. And then the second semi-final taking place in Sydney. Uh, the defending champs, the Waratahs up against the Highlanders. The Highlanders have been pretty good this season too. The Waratahs started off a bit slow, but they've uh, picked up momentum as the season's gone, Craig. Yeah, they have. But I, I just feel that the Hurricanes, um, so excuse me, the Highlanders are in, in a great uh, uh, frame of mind at the moment. They're playing some wonderful rugby. They're, they're key players that are all performing well. I think the Waratahs are a little bit fortunate to be in the last four. Um, you know, they, they did the business towards the end of the season, but they haven't been, as you pointed out, impressive over the course of the campaign. Um, but they're a, they're a streetwise team. They know how to win tight games. They do that well. Um, but I, I just think the Highlanders have got the firepower. You think of, um, you know, the likes of Malachi Fekitoa and Ben Smith. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, all their, their, their big strike weapons out wide. And uh, they, they certainly will put... The Waratahs are under a lot more pressure than most teams that would have faced in the Australian conference when it comes to attacking play. And the Highlanders are also quite a, a, a well-coached side. They don't uh, 
when you look at the numbers, you think, well, they're just a freewheeling try-scoring machine, and they are the second-leading try-scorers in the competition, but they also play tactically quite astute rugby. They back a very good scrum. Their set pieces are solid, and they look to play in the right areas of the field. I actually think that will be the surprise result tomorrow. That will be their way win for the Highlanders. So you, by what you're saying to me, Craig, it's going to be an all-New Zealand final. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think uh, the, the Brumbies will really give it a go, but the Hurricanes are just too classy, and they deserve to be in the final, if truth be told. I mean, they, they've been the dominant side, and I actually think, despite what the final standing said, the Highlanders have probably been the second-best side over the entire course of the competition. I would love to see that final between those two sides. They've had a couple of cracking games already this year, and uh, a third one in the final would be wonderful. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the points, uh, Hurricanes uh, 1, Highlanders 2. I think it would be a, a fair result, and it would be a great game of rugby too. Craig, a bit earlier on the show, we, we caught up with uh, Bok Captain Jean de Villiers. Big news this week is that uh, he's going to be making his return to rugby next month. I, I nearly fell off my chair when I heard that. I can't believe he's, he's back so soon. Uh, are, are you a bit concerned that they might be rushing him a bit sooner than they should? No, no not at all. I actually um, sat down with him about three months ago already. Uh, maybe it wasn't quite that long, maybe 10 weeks ago. And already then he showed me a video on his phone where he was running uh, you know, the steps and those little uh, rope ladders on the ground and he was turning and he was sprinting. And that was that was probably 10 or 11 weeks ago. And so he came on really well. The, the operation was a massive success. And uh, he said it was such a clean break that there, were, there was no real scar tissue around the, the, the ligaments and was able to be repaired um, very cleanly. And the, the, his... Rehab has gone brilliantly. I mean, of course, you'll never know until he's back on the field how he goes and how mentally he deals with that. But he's got to get back into action. He's ready to play. He had full training sessions with the Stormers over the past week where he took contact and everything. So I, he's ready to go for for game. And, you know, there's not much Curry Cup rugby that he can be involved in. He's going to be involved in a couple of warm-up games for Western Province in the Curry Cup. He's probably going to come off the bench for the Springboks in that World 15 game in two weeks' time. That will be his first action uh, in, in sort of nine months, which is quite a big ask. But, uh, you know, the guy's got a lot of experience. Um, and if they're serious, and he's serious about getting to the World Cup, he has to get on the field sooner rather than later. So I don't think he's been rushed at all. And if he has been rushed, I think he'll have a setback somewhere along the way. And, uh, you know, and sadly, that will be the end of him. So I think, you know, this is to be done, and it's got to be done as soon as possible. Craig Ray joining us on SAFM Sport Trap this evening. Thank you very much, Craig. Don't forget, we'll have a wrap of those semi-finals tomorrow on SAFM Sports Special with John Kerrigan. Coming up next, we'll chat to Nick Dye, find out what's happening at the BMW International in Germany. SAFM Sports Rant. Time to chat some golf now, and uh, let's uh, chat to Nick Dye. Nick, welcome back onto SAFM Sports Rant. Nice to to catch up with you once again, and uh, it's uh, interesting times uh, at the golf, because uh, big news uh, just a few moments ago is Martin Keim has missed the cut. Yeah, sadly, that was the big name missing this tournament because he's playing in front of his home supporters and he really got it going on the back nine and he thought for a spell there that everything was going to be working all right. There were three birdies in the space of four holes. But come the last, he put his drive into the water. There was a long deliberation of where he could drop. Inevitably, it meant he was chasing things. His approach hit the pin just for added drama but then ran away a good sort of eight feet or so past. Missed it coming back, hence missed his par. Drops to one under par. And while that sounds a decent enough score, it's not here where there are birdies aplenty. So the big draw for the tournament, 
does miss the cut and clearly that's a long way shy of the man who leads the way that's Rafa Cabrera Bayo of Spain 12 under for him and the Spanish Open champion James Morrison is 11 under in second and Nicky had a great day today did the Spaniards and uh, I mean a 60, 67 ago the 65 yesterday a very different scoring to, to last weekend's US Open I think everybody is um, <laughs> delighted at that, that fact, not only with the US Open, but when you consider Sweden recently, Ireland, they've been buffeted by winds on the tour. Here, they're actually playing in sublime weather conditions, plenty of birdie chances because the greens are soft. I mean, the course isn't necessarily easy, but there was so much rain in advance that they're very nice and receptive, so there are plenty of birdies to be made. And it's worth noting that Retief Houston is amongst them. He shot around a 70 for six under par. He's got company on that Mark as well with Jakob Van Zyl. Had a good round of 68 today. So you've got some South African contenders as well. And tell me the story about someone digging through their garden shed looking for a putter. <laughs> Peter Laurie, who was on the point of thinking he's going home, is playing on invitations because he's lost his playing rights on the European Tour. The sponsors were kind enough to get him involved and he thought, I've got to do something. And back at home, he'd found rummaging through 50 putters in his shed, he found one that worked well in Australia. And today, he was somewhat annoyed when he looked like he was missing the cut, and then had seven birdies in nine holes, shot a 67, seven under, he's in the mix. Something tells me that putter's not going back into that shed. McDye, thank you so much for that. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we'll hopefully get to the bottom of uh, the Bloom Celtic and Kaiser Chiefs dispute. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader, and uh, we were joking earlier on this week, there seems to be more drama happening uh, in the transfer window between seasons than happens uh, during the season. In the EFSA Premiership, uh, it's been a very busy week with regards to signings and who signed who this week, and one of the big stories was obviously Kaiser Chiefs unveiling uh, their new signings for the year early, uh, earlier this week. And uh, there seems to be a sting in that, that tail. Bloemfontein Celtic have confirmed uh, that they are going to be taking uh, PSL, uh, taking Kaiser Chiefs and Kamaldina Broad to the PSL Dispute Resolution Council over the players' move to the Soweto Giants. We're joined now by Bloom Celtic PR and Media Officer Selo Nduna. Selo, welcome on to SAFM Sports Trap. Thanks for, for taking the time to chat to us. Uh, it's uh, an interesting situation. Fill us in on a bit of the background. Why this dispute, uh, or why are you disputing uh, this? move how did it all come about well good evening and thanks for having me uh, on your show yes it is true that uh, the e, the Kamaldina Broad issue is going to the PSL DRC for a simple reason um, Kamaldina Broad signed a pre-contract with us and we were surprised to see him being unveiled by Kamaldina and before that he did sign a three-year pre-contract with us Selo, as far as that, that contract goes, I, I mean, he was on, on loan as well to Free State Stars, and, and it's, a complicated, it's a complicated setup here. you basically contesting that he's still got a year left on the contract with you guys. No, he was not on loan. He was a Free State Stars player, and when we spoke to him and he came to our offices over to Suella Park, we sat around the table with him and discussed, and he never made any mention of him having an option with Chris Stars. He just said to us, his contract is coming to an end the last day of this month, and that's when we finish a deal with him, and he signed a pre-contract with us. So um, we know him to be our player, and we want him to come back to Blue and Celtic, where he signed a contract before he, he did sign another contract with Kazashi. So uh, according to us, he is our player. 
Say, Lord, it's an interesting situation to, to be in. You guys have, uh, you, you, you adamant that you've got it in writing. It's, it's a signed deal, according to you. Kaiser Chiefs have obviously also got a contract in place with a player as well. You guys want him back. He is a, a, a great player. What's the best case scenario? If Kaiser Chiefs came to you and said, okay, cool, we understand, we, we want to settle, and, and, and here's, here's some money, or are you adamant that uh, the player is yours and he's got to come back to Bloemfontein? I mean, look, we are also an ambitious team. We want to start challenging for some silverware and also the league owners. And we have been monitoring Kevin Zinabro for quite some time. And we believe he's the kind of player that he will add value to Blues and Celtic. That's why we, you know, we swiftly approached him and spoke to him because according to the football laws, any player um, in his last uh, six months of his contract, he's allowed to talk to any team of his choice, and that's exactly what we did at Blues and Celtic, spoke to him, because we also thought we wanted to build our team around him. He is definitely a very good striker, and that's why we say we want him back, because he's our player. We identified him, we followed the correct uh, protocol, we spoke to him, discussed, you know, adding also his uh, salary, as well as his sign-on fee, the issue of the accommodation, the bonus structures, which he was happy and he signed on the road line. And that's why we're saying we want him back because he's our player. Celo, it's, it's, it's difficult to pinpoint what, what goes wrong in a situation like this. We, we've had a, a couple of instances over the last couple of months where players are, are, are wanting certain amounts of money from certain clubs. Obviously, their agents are pushing uh, for, for amounts that, that they will, will earn commission on, essentially. Who's to blame in a situation like this? Is it, is it the player or is it the player's agent that's advising these players? Wrongly. Well, obviously because the player together with his agent, they've got a copy of their contract, same thing that he's saying. That's why when a, when a player signs a contract, you know, it's inside in triplicates where the other copy goes to the league, the other one goes to his team, the other one goes to the player, and I guess the player together with, the team, with his agent, they should be aware of what is happening. In this case, uh, you know, one will look at the player together with his agent, for having signed two different contracts because they should be knowing that, you know, you can't sign two contracts going uh, concurrently at the same time. So, what's the sort of time frame that we're looking at here? We, we pre-season now. There's uh, still some time before the 2015-2016 Absolute Premiership season gets underway. But uh, the last thing you want is a, is a protracted sort of battle with the, uh, the Dispute Resolution Council. You guys obviously want it settled as quickly as possible. I'm sure Kaiser Chiefs would want the same. Uh, what, what time frame are we looking at here? Well, like uh, the issue is going to the PSL um, DRC on Tuesday. We hope this is going to be solved um, amicably within a very short space of time because we are on our third week of pre-season training and we'd love to have the boy coming back to Blue today uh, to come and join the team for the pre-season. We hope by Tuesday uh, there's going to be a direction of this um, coming to Nabo's case. It's uh, an interesting situation, never a dull moment in South African football. We'll watch that one very, very closely. So, Lunduna, thank you so much for your time this evening here on SAFM Sports Wrap. And uh, hopefully we'll chat next week, and hopefully it's a resolution that works for everyone. Thanks very much. I'm sure by Tuesday I will be able to get back to you and also tell the South Africans as well as the Swellele supporters you know, about the good news we should have uh, came out of the hearing on Tuesday. SAFM Sports Wrap.